Okay, so just as conservatives have been warning for years about the threat of uh, pedophilia and transgenderism and the LGBT movement, uh, we've seen the fruition of the LGBT movement. Now we see the normalization of pedophilia. Take a listen. Folks, my name is Miranda. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm a licensed professional counselor and sex therapist in Erie, Pennsylvania. And today I want to talk about minor attracted persons. You may have noticed that I'm using the term minor attracted persons instead of the more commonly used term This term simply means that the person has an enduring sexual or romantic attraction to minors. They've not chosen this attraction just as the rest of us have not chosen whatever our attraction is. And you don't get to choose to be a minor attracted person. Some minor attracted persons are attracted to a specific age range of minors, while some are not. And some minor attracted persons are exclusively attracted to minors and are not attracted to adults at all. Some minor attracted persons are also attracted to adults. Let me just stop you there. I'm attracted to women. Not all men are rapists. But any man who acts out on someone without consent, uh, they should be in jail, rightfully so. But let's dig into it. The obvious aside, let's go around the room today. How is everyone today, starting with Clint? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Glad to have you there in the chair of theology. Miss Nikki? Good afternoon. How are you? Glad to have you in the chair of philosophy today, I see. We're going to give it a try. Dealing with the rigor that the Christian must bring. And uh, Chauncey? Howdy, howdy. Chair of culture, glad to see you there. Yes. Deal with the culture that the world has brought, and Mr. Steve, how's it yes. going? Yes, man, it is going fantastic, dude. And uh, now, that lady said she was a therapist? Yeah, that is uh, what she said she is. Man, I hope she has absolutely zero people for customers. Exactly. It's kind of scary when you when you see what kind of person is leading the blind there. That is the last person that you would wish to see as a therapist. Moving over to Josh. How's it going? Doing well. How about you? I'm doing good, good, sir. Glad to have you on today. And again, yours truly sitting here uh, doing the producing and I am just fiddling with settings, so bear with me here. The computer hasn't decided it's happy yet. But <laughs> I got Rai Rai, the producer guy here, sitting to my left. We'll have him on camera someday. But he's giving me the awkward smile. Uh, but but let's jump into it. So if someone can go ahead and get together that UK story, there's a UK uh, Daily Mail story that I think is really important to to dig into. But we're going we're gonna to see, as we go about this journey today, I want you to see that slippery slope arguments, as the left would call them, are not slippery slope arguments. Like we alluded to in the beginning, we've watched this happen with the gay agenda. We've watched this happen with the transgender agenda. It's become normalized. And what we're about to see, unfortunately, might be the normalization of um, pederasty. Got to be careful. I think the YouTube censors are already upset probably by this point in the video because we use the, the full word and they're going to nix us. It's funny that you, you can talk about normalizing it, but you can't use the word. But what, uh, someone had that story ready for us. What word do we use? Someone got that ready. Just give me the, the headline. Well, the headline is uh, <laughs> uh, the P-file threat has almost tripled in a year as child... Pornography use source during lockdown. So, man, that is going to be unfortunate once you come to the realization that we've actually created a learned behavior, and that's from exposure. So, we're going to break up some myths today. We're going to break up some myths today, and then I want to get into the chairs in a little bit, but let's kind of set the table. So, According to a uh, study done at the end, or mid-2020, we saw that there is a 35% increase in sexual exploitation in the United States. And that's an increase of approximately 9 million children are exploited between 2020 and 2021. Is this just a preference 
or is this a, is this a, a mental illness? I just want to kind of throw that around the room and kind of get, you know, not spoil the, the obvious here, but people are going to come out and they're going to say that this is a sexual preference. We're going to read from the New York times in just a moment about what they say, the scholarly articles from Hopkins, by the way, German name. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not racist against Germans. I got German blood in me too, but I'm just saying whenever you <laughs> see this socialist Marxist rhetoric, it always comes out of the Frankfurt school, which we've talked about, but what do you all think the increase in sexual exploitation during the pandemic, where do you think that came from? I'll start with Clint and I'll kind of get everyone just to jump in. Man, why you got to start with me? Oh, um, <laughs> because you're brown. Oh, oh, wait, that, oh, oh we're, we're, we're starting, oh, we're starting that's, that's messed up, man. Well, I know that in, I was reading an article in England that you can't stop whatever's posted online. The government won't stop it. Like, after you post a picture of a, a little girl, there's nothing they can do. They, can, I mean, that's it. So, the increase in UK has tripled. It is soared. And it's, it's gross. So, I think there's a doctor that's talked about it. That they don't watch pornography because, you know, wait, I messed up. Let me back up a little bit. His name is, uh, let me pull it up, because I have it in my notes, but I usually never use them. By all means, go ahead and pull that up. Joel Sullivan says, we shouldn't assume that the viewing online images leads to abuse of child victims and persons. This is what he said. A specialist in sex crime against children in Ireland and British. He said, in my critical, in my clinical experience, it's the other way around. Most of these men have already committed hands-on offense. So he's saying, People that watch pornography do it because they've already done it in real life. And I think that's that's what the issue mainly lies, that people have already committed it. Well, so if they haven't, they are learning to do it. You know, the, uh, Christ said, out of the overflow of the ma- uh, heart, the mouth speaks. Mm-hmm. And he also said about, about anger, about sexual immorality. If you've done it in your heart, you have done it. I mean, it is just as bad in God's sight. So I think that puts us at an interesting conundrum as as to why would we want to normalize this as a positive thing? I understand people getting help. If you have, you know, attractions to children, go get help. That's a sign of dysfunction. Just not from that lady on the video. But, but, but don't, yeah, not, not from psychopath, but (laughs) moving over to, to Miss Nikki, why do you think during the pandemic, we saw such a blatant increase, 9 million more children sexually exploited during the pandemic year, the first year of the pandemic. Well, people were locked down and, and they're in their house. They don't have anything to do. They Probably more men got involved in uh, pornography at that time. I'm sure that that's a, a statistic. And then you're locked in with children and the thoughts come in your mind and you're not going anywhere. They're not going anywhere. So that's probably how that all happened. No, that, that is the primary issue. And so uh, we're going to get into it a little bit later. The commonly held wisdom was that children who, uh, sorry, children who are abused will more often than not become abusers. And that's actually not necessarily representative of the entire population of pedophiles. And that there's a really important distinction, and it's, you just made it. It's exposure. It's exposure to content that also does it, equally as much or more so. It's inconclusive, and we'll go into some of the, some of the studies in a little bit, but it's inconclusive as to whether or not uh, uh, abuse will cr- turn you into an abuser. However, access to pornography, and it's like a drug. You're always seeking the high, the high. The first high that you got. Well, that, that's been proven that it has the same effect as cocaine in the brain. Precisely. Precisely. Chauncey, <laughs> why do you think that the 2020 pandemic saw that huge increase? Well, you know, the idle mind is the devil's workshop. So if your mind is not set on the right things, of course, it's going to go to the wrong things. Um, and eventually what happened was... Those people created this imagination in their mind to thinking, oh, this is okay. And then that's when they started because everything starts from the home. Everything starts from the from the heart of the man. And 
But really where most of these people come up with these ideas is they come from their own household because they're in their own comfort zone, but then they want to express it to someone else. And then that's where we get to where we get to today because of this big old spike. The fact that everybody was locked down, you couldn't go out like you used to. So people got desperate. I'm assuming that people got desperate and they started participating in these types of activities, which is pretty sickening to me. Well, and that is, again, nailing it on the head. I don't mind, Mr. Steve, just from a political standpoint, we talked about last week, and Josh made a really good point, and I'm, I'm going to get to Josh. I want to get your opinion on this, uh, that the government is investedly interested in breaking down the family nuclear unit, and they want to go after kids. From the political side of things, do we actually see the government doing its job to break these people down and to remove this problem? Or do we see them kind of allowing it to pass? Allowing it to pass with the government breaking down the family. It's the families that have the breakdown, single mother homes, uh, homes where um, parents have been remarried and you have step-parents is where majority of the pedophilia comes from. Now, it's also the fact that, like uh, they've talked about, idle minds, people being in the home, uh, and most everybody being there, that's true. But the thing is, is that the people that do it the most are those that are closest to those children, typically that have, say, like the most access to them, whether it's parents, whether it's relatives, whether it's step-parents, those that have close contact with these children. And it shows that it could either be teachers and, heck, it could be uh, those that are, let's say, caregivers. Those that are in the church that take care of children. I mean, that shows up. Look at look at the thing that went on with the Catholic Church. Yeah. I mean, it, it, there's just a list of things. And it just comes with uh, there you go. the fact that... It deals with those that are the closest to those children because why they have trust in those people, and that's where it starts, the building of trust and a relationship that starts with these children, and that's where it goes from there. And then they start working on their grooming, and that's what it's all about, grooming those children and then they go from there, and then the sexual relationship starts. Absolutely. And we're going to go over some stats. I want you to pull those stats in just a moment. They're at the top of the show, Matt, Mr. Steve. But I want to get over to Josh. And well, it's really interesting what we saw with the pandemic. What industry boomed the most during the pandemic? It's not going to be Amazon. It's not going to be uh, uh, Walmart, although they did. What really soared during the pandemic? Well, like what we've been discussing, uh, pornography has been soaring. But also in addition to that, I thought what Mr. Steve said there was very, very worthy of note. He was talking about the institutions that do not protect the children. And the reason why a lot of those institutions will not protect the children, it's usually either because of power or there's some sort of monetary disincentive that will come from this information getting out. So for example, with the Southern Baptist convention or with the Southern Baptist, I forget what it was, but there was a report that came out eventually about this whole entire thing where in the SBC, a lot of Baptist churches were suppressing the information of women and children that had been sexually abused and they weren't making that information known. So you would continue to have these people who assaulted women or assaulted children in the churches. 
Mm-hmm. And thankfully, there are some churches, and a lot of churches do this actually nowadays, where they separate the children from the adults. And they, you have to usually go through a vetting process before you can be allowed to serve. But let's say for the for a small-time Baptist church that's in the countryside. It's hard. They're probably not going to have the access to the funds to be able to use some of that software to be able to vet people. And so because they weren't making that information known to the public or known about the exact extent of what had happened, I mean – these the problem would keep on persisting and what do i think the motive was in that i think it was perception power yes but also monetary incentive Absolutely. if you don't have members that show up in the church in your specific church then it's going to be really hard to fund whatever you're trying to accomplish in that church and, and once your credibility is gone it's gone and once you lose that it's it's awful, but that's why accountability is so important. And that doesn't even just apply to the to the churches. That's a, that's I'm just using the church as an example because we're so yeah we're so connected with it in, in a lot of ways. But we're let's talk about whatever the institution be. If there ever was a cover up and it gets it found out that something was being covered up, you would lose a lot of money as a company, and you would lose a lot of credibility and social standing with people's trust and minds. Correct. And so instead, and here's the funny thing, instead of trying to work for the root and the root is one of three things typically. And again, I'm I'm getting ahead of us a little bit here. It's exposure to violence. It's exposure to sexual violence or it's exposure to pornography. Okay. And Links in the description below, as always, we cite our sources. Everything's down there. Please look it up. But it's one of those three things. It's not always an abused child that turns into an abuser. You can make a pedophile. You can make that person. So before we get too much further, I want to get Mr. Steve to rattle off. This is from, uh, um, it's deal2.org. This is a by the way, a lot of great info there. They've got a great PDF, all the data in the description. But I want you to read off a couple of the stats about sexual abuse for children. Yes. Child sexual abuse is likely the most prevalent health problem children face with the most serious array of consequences. About one in 10 children will be a sexually abused before their 18th birthday. That's one in 10 about one in seven girls and one in 25 boys will be sexually abused before they turn 18. Now, think about that. One in seven girls and one in 25 boys. So this is really, really prevalent. Okay. Some stats are as high as one in five girls. Okay. Right. But there's some problems with those stats. It doesn't matter. It's one in 10 is one out of 10 too many. Correct. And, and, and you're, you're not going to be able to prevent evil all the time. But when we find something that works, you better be darn sure that we should use it as long as it is working in a proper and godly manner. So let's break down another one of those stats. And you, then this year, there will be about 400,000 babies born in the U.S. that will become victims of child sexual abuse unless yeah. there's something done about it. 400,000 babies? So there's a response to that. And if you want to know where it comes down to, it's primarily in human trafficking. You want to know why I'm against illegal immigration? You want to know why I'm really against it? What really gets me going? It's the fact that I've heard story after story of illegal immigrants being pimped out for work or prostitution and their children, their six-month-old children. By, by the way, if you haven't figured out by the title, this is not get the children out of the room. Three, two, one. Six-month-old babies are in high demand in brothels. And that baby doesn't last long. And I don't have to go into the details. If that baby does, they are marred and broken for life. Physically, they are broken. They're part, their body parts, they can't walk. 
So you want to know why I'm against illegal immigration? Why that's a single issue voter voting issue for me as much as abortion is? It's because of garbage like that, because there are 400,000 babies that will be used that way. And think about the number of those children that will end up coming missing, never seen again. Absolutely. And by the way, you want to know where most children who disappear, where they really go? Significant amount of them. I don't know if it is the majority or if it's just a plurality. A significant majority of them are being trafficked. Whether it's yeah. by right. a one to five ratio pimp to, to, to people or if it's larger, but often it is traffic. There is more slavery in the world today. With a short lifespan. And it, it's a short lifespan there. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk about where academia is going because that lady right there is a sexual therapist, the one that we opened the show with. She is a therapist who is supposed to get you fixed from your malady you were supposed to go to her and change excuse me change who you are as a person instead of saying why can't you grow up why can't you mature your affections to someone your age instead of saying why are you fixated on the helpless no let's normalize it let's make this attraction have less stigma around it. I'm sorry. If I have violent and I don't, but let's say hypothetically, let's say that John Arthur Fiala has violent uh, desires against people that come on radically on a, on a dime, we would likely diagnose that as bipolar Mm -hmm. and we would not normalize that. We would say, dude, if you need medication, whatever it takes, chill. You need to calm that down. You don't start to and, and I do want to put this before the chairs. When you start to take sinful impulses and you normalize them, or rather you excuse them, what happens? What are you doing theologically when you make that decision, Clint? You're, you're corrupting your soul. Not only your soul, but like your connection with God. It's being severed every time. Like taking it, it's a very thick rope with God, correct? And if you keep sinning every time, Without repentance, you're cutting that rope. And the Lord's saying, okay, you want to have it? Have it. Take it to its full extent. But if you turn back and repent to the Lord and be like, hey, with all your heart, you repent, you turn away. The Lord will give it back to you. He will help you. But that doesn't mean you go unpunished. It's not, Lord, I screw up. Sprinkle a little Jesus on it. Oh, it's all fixed. No. You mess up, you better pay for it. You better become, I don't, man, woman, you better man up and take it. Because if you want to do sinful things, you're a sinner. No matter what anyone says, mm-hmm. you're a sinner. And sinners go to hell. That's a fact. Yeah. And that's all of us, by the way, by the grace of Jesus, are we changed. But. You can't normalize it. Oh, absolutely not. That, oh, no. That's like normalizing murder. It's well, no different. It, it all comes down to what's true. What it, What is true? Because right now, the therapist, she's looking at subjective truth. Indeed. It, and, and, I, and, and I, I want to throw that over to the chair of philosophy, because that's a really good segue. And that's where I was going. When you start unhook yourself from the North star, when you detach yourself from the anchor of truth and you are now careening as a society, what becomes permissible with enough philosophical gymnastics? Well, when you start trying to suggest that this is normal, it's not their fault and it's offensive to call them a pedophile then what you have just done is you've opened up a door of opportunity for more children to become abused, children that cannot protect themselves. The scary part is is uh, they're leaning in the direction of, well, these people should not act these out. They need therapy, but we're going to treat them respectfully in the long run. However, um, child abusers are groomers. 
It's they know how to get around things. And I just, at, at this point in time, if a man is considered a pedophile, a parent is going to keep their children away from them. But if society starts embracing that this is normal, then I believe that's going to open the door uh, of opportunity up for the pedophile to have opportunity to abuse a child. Because if, if they have robot uh, robots now that are, are like little children, it, it certainly doesn't satisfy. Otherwise, it would take care of the problem. If the pictures and the pornography uh, took care of the problem, then we wouldn't have this other issue. But it doesn't. It doesn't. It's, it's just a gateway drug. Mm-hmm. It's just a gateway drug. And I want to kind of throw a f- full curveball at you, Chauncey. Um, because, yep. Because here's here's the real issue. What do we see? She used the word groomers, which, by the way, has become a cancelable term on the Twitter and a bunch of other places. Although although you won't be removed, you will certainly get hellfire rained down upon you by the left. But there is something to that, isn't there? When we say that we're we're doing drag queen story hour, and among drag queens, there is a Venn diagram overlap. There is a Venn diagram overlap. By the way, you, you, you'll see that they are overrepresented. Pedophiles are overrepresented in the LGBT population, as well as schizophrenics, as well as, and I'm not coming after them, but there is something in that grooming, isn't there? Oh, big time. Uh, got these people called handlers that are in the industry. It's not even just at your homes. It's not even just in your schools. It's also on your televisions as well. I mean, We've heard numerous amount of stories of kids that used to be your your childhood stars on Disney, your childhood stars on Nickelodeon, you name it. They was all a part of some type of abuse once upon a time. I mean, you even had former childhood stars that came out recently and just don't act or anymore because of the factor of what they have seen in the industry. So I, I don't think it's more of a a thing where this is something new. This is something that's been going on a long time ago, but it just needs to be exposed. So. Absolutely. And you, you see that with the liberation movement, which has gone long past women's lib, and it's gone long past giving the right to vote, equal pay, getting rid of sexism and work. Hey, you know what? I don't know about the right to vote. I can go either way on that. Depends on what the woman wants. If she wants to draft, I mean, okay, let her let her be drafted too. I mean, it used to be that we considered that men were supposed to be the umbrella, the shield, the protector. But if you want to get rid of that, you can get rid of that. Uh, but all the other things, the right to work, sexism in the workplace, good. I'm glad. I'm glad that those things are you know being attacked. Awesome. But it's gone long past that into sexual liberation and the sexual liberation movement. That has done so much, and it is grooming people. It is grooming children for their movement. And we've watched, I'm going to get to you in just a second. We've watched the LGBT population double in our generation, Chauncey. And then in Gen Z, we've watched it quadruple. Oh, uh, yeah. That's the only way they reproduce. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I'm going to kick it off the hymn, but the thing is, I, I'm pretty sure like many people have hold, uh, heard this. There's, there's a new site that's out there. It's called OnlyFans, and you've seen a lot of women that are participating in this like tremendously. And what they're doing now is they're doing this thing where they're advertising themselves, making themselves seem like that they're a business, yeah. and they're not a business. And it's just an open, modern-day prostitution thing. But Absolutely. Clint? Oh, no. I thought he was going to say something. I thought you wanted to say something. <laughs> okay. I was okay. like, what? Chauncey. Oh, I always got something to say, but let me know. Meet Clint. Okay. Moving over to Mr. Steve. I do want to bad, sort of tease this out a little bit further because we've watched this become institutionalized. And there are a group, there's a group of people that wants to reduce the age. And this is a weird topic for me. I Really hot take. I am not fully against lowering the age of consent. The only reason I fight it tooth and nail is because I know why so many people want to. Mm -hmm. Because in previous times, it was possible for an older person to have a godly relationship with a younger person. But that was dictated by the parents. We don't live in that world anymore. 
we live in a world full of predators. And so that, that it, it, it's kind of a weird thing, right? The, the, the age of consent, and, and I don't want to make this about that, but what we see is the, the groomers, and sorry, YouTube, I, you, we'll never be... We'll never be monetized ever, but <laughs> I, I do. I do want to throw this to you and say, we see them starting to implement laws or attempt to implement laws and policies. And isn't that a, isn't that a perversion at the hardest core of what government is supposed to be? Oh man, gosh, you know it is, John well, Arthur. What, I mean, what is government's just, mandate? Government's mandate is to protect the people. That's what we. That's what we vote them in office for, is to protect the people, take care of us. We vote them into office to, to, to enact laws in order to take care of the people. And one of them for the president is to do what? Protect the borders of our country. Yep. That's not happening. We all know that. He's doing a terrible job of that. You know, he's doing a horrible job he's of that. He's doing just what he so, wants. And, but, you know... <laughs> I mean, we look at this lady here that's talking, and what do people go to a therapist for? Because they have problems. They have need some understanding, someone to talk to them. Here, what you're going to is you got a problem. You're going to talk to somebody who's what? Got a mental problem? <laughs> yeah. Well, wait a minute here. I'm going to go talk to somebody. I've got a problem, but she's got a mental problem. Wait a minute. Thank you. She's drinking. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry here, but that doesn't make sense She's to me. She's drinking too many triple You know what I'm saying? I agree. I mean, come on. 110%. And so what, what we see is that soon it'll be illegal. It'll be illegal to try to help someone who was suffering from pedophilia. You don't believe me? Look at Australia right now with their laws about transgenderism. If this is a sexual preference, and by the way, that's the next door we're going to get to. We're not pulling this out of our posterior. I promise we will actually get to it. They're saying that it's a sexual preference and it should be treated like the LGBT agenda. And they are trying to add themselves to the LGBT map. By the way, some, just in all fairness, some LGBT folks, a significant amount are saying, nope, 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 nope. We don't want you. We don't want you. Go away. You're gross. Mm -hmm. Good on you. That's how you know it's bad when Good the LGBTQ you. don't want them. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, and there and and a lot of them are completely against this uh, transgender stuff, having all of these trans shows with all with these kids. kids. With kids, I mean, gosh, you could you can get on and watch a lot of these, uh, you know, we gay quoted, people that are completely against this stuff. Man, we okay. we've quoted quite a few of those people, including Blair White and a few others. But I want to move over to Josh, because what you see is this, this idea that is detached from reality. It's become codified. There's a, there's a whole religion behind it and a whole philosophy. And we've seen the culture try to reinforce it with politics. But there's something really insidious, and it seems to be the largest amount of friction against fighting it. And that is in your chair. Why do you think that is? Well, I think it's just uh, it, so going to pornography. Pornography is a pretty big industry in the United States of America, whether or not the, anybody wants to admit that. Yeah, it quite frankly is, and it's wrong. But if you start enforcing regulations upon that industry about what exactly can be there, you're going to cut off a money source for somebody, and obviously somebody's going to get really unhappy. And I guess that's really the big thing is the reason for all this, like the most of the bills you'll see passed in relation to pornography or in relation to people who work in as sex workers, it'll be for more sexual freedom and more sexual openness. And I think that's quite frankly, the problem with this whole pedophilia is that where does it stop? <clears throat> Exactly. Where does it stop? It, will it stop when min, uh, millions of children are being sexually assaulted or being groomed into relationships with people who are five times their age at the age of 10? I mean, like, where does it realistically stop if we're, if we're all for open, being open sexually? 
I mean, there's a lot of sex workers who don't support that. I'd have to imagine. I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> there are. But, but there's plenty of people who definitely do support it and support the children's drag shows, uh, which, like I said, I, I, I don't know how those people can look at children and you can propose the idea. Let's do a drag show, but we will involve children in this. So you've got to understand what drag is though. You've got to understand. So people, some people go around with this mind, this thing in their mind. They have no idea. You have no idea what pedophilia is guys. Thank God. I have not looked. I've never seen this. But I, I have friends who are involved, whether they are cybersecurity ex- experts or FBI agents. I've had a lot of friends over the years who have busted these, these people. And what they describe, their eyes glaze over while they describe it. We're talking about pain. We're talking about permanent damage. We're talking about it's as evil of a predation as you could possibly see when you're talking about child pornography. We're talking about take what you see at pride parades with the gimp gear and torture a child with that garbage. And I know we just lost a bunch of people. Sorry. But this is what they're trying to normalize. They're trying to normalize the injury of children. There's nothing good about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I remember it was one time um, I was actually at uh, A&M uh, this one particular time. And I think it was like the, I think it was the spring semester, and I I believe they was trying to push for a drag show to take place over in College Station, and it didn't even go well. <laughs> like even when the show was supposed to begin, it canceled like maybe I think an hour to thirty minutes before then. Good. So it was a it was a great thing, and it was a great response. And you've seen a lot of Christian groups that was out there. It was a lot of people involved, even folks that were outside the church, which are the non-believers, was even against it. So I think it was a great response, and I think that's how we should handle it every single time. Can I also say something? If you are a person who's for eugenics, and you're okay with killing babies, but you're not okay with killing the pedophiles, then I'm we're going to have to, something's wrong there. There's something very wrong with you. And, you know, we all joke about, you know, I wish I was a kid again. But kids got it rough now. Kids got it so rough. I got a baby brother and we had to move him to schools because the amount of sexual talk. They were, he had said something and they were, they assumed he was gay. And they were like, oh, it's okay. And he was like, I'm not gay. I know Jesus. And he gets in trouble for that. <laughs> he gets in trouble because he's, if, if you know my brother, he's not afraid to talk about Jesus or Christ. No, he's not, not at all. And he'll tell his friends, do you know Jesus? He'll tell his Muslim friend, do you know about Jesus? And I'll be like, Josiah, you got to be careful with that, man. Like, I'm not, you got to be Don't careful. Don't slow him down. He's awesome. Um, <laughs> he, he, he's great. We had to move him to schools because they all assumed he was gay and it was getting rough for him. Yeah. And he's only, oh, damn, I feel bad because I don't know his age. He's like 10 years old. Yeah, 10, and it's yeah. just the amount of stress that he's going through. And it's not, it's not right for any child to go through. No, that kind it's of not. And they didn't assume that he was gay. They tried to push him into being gay. They said, there's a nugget. Let's go for it. Let's see if we can get him in their grooming. Because here's the thing. This ideology only grows. It, it, and again, it's an ideology. LGBT is not an ideology. Okay. It is not an LGBT. It, it is a set of activities. Cool. It, is, it is a set of activities that come from godless atheism. And that's really where it comes down to. I can make myself into God. I do want to get some of the best priests of this on record via the New York Times. It's highlighted in blue. If uh, Josh, do you think you can get that for me? It's in the show, Matt. For sure. Okay. If you can pull that up. And this is a direct note out of the... Uh, uh, New York Times, and they're quoting folks over at Johns Hopkins, which if you've been following the show for long enough, you know what we think about Johns Hopkins, John Money, all these other creeps and depraved freaks come out of John Hopkins. I'm not saying that everyone at John Hopkins is a freak. I am saying, though, that this does qualify in that category, Josh. The, the article is entitled, Praying on Children, the Emerging Psychology of Pedophiles. Images, and do you want me to... 
I, I just want you to get the science in recent years. Get me those two paragraphs. Mr. Steve's got it for you right there. Uh, science in recent years has begun to provide some answers. One thing most pedoph- pedophiles have in common, they discover, usually at teenagers, that their sexual preferences have not matured like everyone else's. Most get stuck on the same age boys or girls who first attracted them at the start of puberty, though some retain interest in far younger children. People don't choose what arouses them, they discover it, said Dr. Fred Berlin, director of the John Hopkins Sex and Gender Clinic. No one grows up wanting to be a pedophile. Okay. So, by the way, if you read the full article, link in the description, uh... They later go on to say that we need to normalize this as minor attracted persons. They say we need to normalize this, although this is something that is unnatural. They admit that it is a preference. It is a preference. If we all, every person in, you know, every person in prison, you know, we we talked about this recently, John Maslow's uh, law or Dr. Maslow's law. The highest uh, pinnacle of human expression is self-actualization, says Maslow. Well, let me come back with that and say that every single person in jail, they're in jail because they self-actualized. Okay? (laughs) I'm just saying they self-actualized at some point, and that's what that is. So you cannot normalize. You cannot normalize. So, again— not to beat the dead horse dead over there at the chair of theology, but what did God say about the thoughts and intentions of man, a man's heart? They're all wicked. All of them are evil. We all, we lost, I don't want to say we lost it, but we broken the bridge to Christ because Adam didn't, man, as a little vulgar, but he didn't have the balls to tell Eve quit it. He didn't have enough manhood to tell the snake. Stop it. Because we all know Adam was right there. Adam was right there. He could have been, woman, go over there. I'm about to beat up this snake real quick. We all know he could have done that. But no, through his passiveness, he fell into sin. I know most men like to say, oh, it's Eve's fault. No, we're just as much as accountable. We're even held to more accountability. Correct. Because we are the head of the house. Correct. And for... God talks, he doesn't talk directly about pedophilia, but he does mention his little children. In Matthew 18, 6, it talks about whoever shall offend one of these little ones, which he's talking about the children that he's called forth in front of him, which believe in me, it was better for him that a million stones were, milestones were hanged from his neck and that he was drowned in the depths of the sea. That's mentioned three times in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Matthew, I think in Luke as well. Mm-hmm. It would be Matthew, Luke, and Mark, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Mark. So, what Mark 9.42, Luke 17.2. What you see right there is a glimpse into the face of God and what he thinks about children who are innocent. And when we start to normalize people who would like to deflower a child, and again, I know this a little bit, little bit heavy here you're talking about someone who's causing irreparable damage so i want to go over to miss nikki and i want to kind of break down why from a philosophical standpoint we, we, we talk about children can't consent you know that that is the standard why can children not consent what puts them in that position children are innocent and naive and not not mature Children are innocent, naive, and not mature enough to make that decision. And when you are saying that that uh, they are, you're robbing them of their innocence. And most parents, and I would say 99% of all parents, want their children to remain innocent until they become of an age where they can make good decisions. A seven-year-old cannot make a good decision. That's why they don't drive cars. But they yep. can get money kids meals. <laughs> <laughs> but that is very much the case. When you have a child, they oh, are they are too. not <laughs> capable of understanding the act of sex. That's why they need a parent. The parent is there to protect the child. If a child was born with enough wisdom and knowledge to take make their own decisions, they would survive on their own. But they can't. 
They can't survive. They need a parent for protection and guidance and provision. And that's why it's the height of government's objective. It is, is the pinnacle, peak, peak importance. There's nothing more important than protecting God's order and God's law. And one of the strongest things we see in God's order and law is to protect the innocent. It is to protect the innocent. But what we see is a culture that has arised that does not value that. It does not value that. So Chauncey, what is our response to a culture that does not value what we value? Because we can talk about sin all day long and the world is not gonna know what that is. Maybe they knew that in the 60s in the States. Maybe people in the States knew that in the 60s, but they don't know that today. So how do we respond culturally to that? How we respond culturally is this. Um, I love it how Titus 2, and I, and I love that scripture for many reasons. Because um, number one, you have the older folks looking over the younger folks. So I think adult supervision needs to be at a much more higher standard, especially when your child is using social media apps that is allowing them to interact with uh, random folks all, all over the place. You don't know where these people are from. You don't know what their intentions are. So I think monitoring is something that needs to be done. I, I know a lot of people love to laugh at movies like Home Alone 1 and 2. They're classics. They're total classics. Terrible movies. But... The thing is, <laughs> I mean, he's not lying, but the thing is, it's it's more the factor that they would take an idea from a movie like that and be like, oh, yeah, kids can watch themselves. But people don't even understand the, the, the background of why that movie was made. It was made just to let you know, like, hey, there are times where there are sick individuals out there that wait until everyone leaves and that one child stays home and they will basically try to get that child while you're gone. Yes. So you need to bring them underneath somebody who is who you trust as a parent, who you trust. You can bring them to their house and you can actually have your child to be watched over and taken care of. Because if they're not taken care of, stuff like if, if Home Alone went wrong... You would have seen him just gone away with those strangers because the kid was smart and knew exactly what he needed to do. All right. He held his own, but don't take that movie and make it seem like that's your child right there. Cause no. no. But the other thing, the other thing that's really important in the culture is a culture of discipleship. There's something that's missing out of the, out of the church and out of conservative Christianity. And I agree. You know how I see it's missing? All these kids go off to school and they become back communists. So, A, we send them to the wrong freaking school. One. Two, we did not disciple, we did not disciple them. They, there's a gross lack of discipleship. And by the way, just a show of hands around the room, at what age, stop me when I get to the age when you were exposed to porn the first time. We're going to get real here. Starting at... <laughs> Starting at age nine, who here was at age nine? Age four, that. Age, so raise your hand. Raise your hand. Oh, raise your hand. Okay. Who was here at age 10? 11? 12? You know, I'll, I'll say it was 14 when I was first exposed to something like that. Okay. I see a hand over there. So Josh as well at 14. That's when I was exposed to that stuff. My parents... It's now the average age is 10 or 11, okay? Josh and I were raised in a different different era. You know, the people in here were raised in a different era. But now it's 9 to 12 is when kids are exposed to pornography. By the way, one of the worst things that can happen as far as setting you up to be groomed. It's one of the, one of the fastest ways to get groomed is to be exposed to pornography as a child. Four years old is not too old or too young rather, to talk to your children about pornography, about pedophiles, you can explain it. And I say this over and over and over again because I hope someone hears it. If your child is four years old, they're not too young for you to say, 
there are people in this world who will want you to take off your clothes. If you see someone, if you see pictures of people who are naked, if you see any activity like this or that, run. They are not too young to tell them that. Because whenever stuff like that came my way, by the grace of God, by the grace of God only, I ran. By the grace of God, I ran. But you got to tell your kids that early. You got to imbue them with that. But that's not what we see today, is it, Chauncey? No, you better, you better, better get them, get them out of it before uh, the culture does. Because this world is sick, very sick. I was exposed to it when I was nine, and it was all because of a movie. So, yep, it gets worse and worse. Moving over to the chair of politics, Mr. Steve. Yeah. So. What do we see with the government's response to this? Instead of cracking down, like in the UK, I think I think it was you, you and I who had the conversation with UK, or was it was it uh, Clint and I? I, I? I don't remember, but we see in the UK there are rumors, just like there are in Houston, Texas, that murderers literally get back out on the street. But people in possession of child pornography, this is scuttlebutt, but supposedly people who are in possession of child pornography are no longer being brought in Correct. because there are too many people who've done violent mm -hmm. offenses mm -hmm. on children. And you've seen the increase in attacks on minors skyrocket, especially during the pandemic. So what do we see from the government when we, when we see them missing that, aren't they institutionalizing damage? and cultural rot oh why yeah man you got here okay here's an instance okay they get pedophiles and you find out say you see what happens a guy does something to let's say five-year-old girl mother finds out about it they get the guy catch him what do they do Probation, six months. Fining, what, $500? Probation, yeah. six months probation. What kind of nonsense is that? What's the government's job? Just, just so that we're saying the quiet part out loud. When you have a confirmed, you know that you know that an adult touched or sexualized a child in that way, what is the appropriate response for that? Well, <clears throat> kind of like... And I'm, and I'm sure Nikki probably remembers this. Mine would be just like the guy back during our time who's had a gentleman who had a daughter that was a man who did this to his daughter and ended up killing her, too. They were bringing him through the airport. Oh, he was smiling and carrying on. He was on a phone pretending to be on the phone. As soon as they get, he gets right by him, he turns around, pops him in the head with a, with a pistol, yeah. hands him the gun. Guess what? They turned him loose. Turned that, that father loose. Send that one to me because I, I remember it. I, I, I don't have it handy. I'll look it up and send it to you. If if we remember, guys, we'll put it in the link down below. But it's actually one that, of those movies where you just go, yes. Be, yes. yes. <laughs> my generation, it happened. And people that are my age, I guarantee you, can remember, remember that. that. And that's the and that response. Is, okay, here's an instance. Epstein Island. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure everybody remembers that, right? Yep. Here's and, another one. And I'm sure Nikki remembers this. John Wayne Gacy. Oh, I looked him up. Oh. Okay. It was really interesting. His thing, kids. I think I don't remember exactly how many, but it was double numbers. He not only assaulted these kids, but he killed them afterwards. Okay? So let me be clear. Sexually assaulted them and then killed them. Yep, the clown yeah. killer, if right. anybody doesn't exactly. know. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, so let me be clear here. <laughs> We're saying, and and this is the consensus here in this room for the most part. And by the way, I, I would consider this a based opinion. This Most people find you know this as, as legitimate. When you touch a kid that way, you should not get out for five years. You should be dead. 
if you have the inclination to touch a kid that way, you haven't committed a crime yet. Go get help. And that should be, that should be real. We should be able to diagnose and deal with the problem in people who have those issues. There should be a place for people who are struggling with attraction to minors. That really should be a thing. We're not saying don't do that. We're saying don't normalize it. Do not normalize it. Because once it's normal, it's not long before it becomes accepted. Okay? Once it's no more than just an alcohol addiction, that person, when they commit a crime, we're already letting them off with six months, a year, five years. If it's normal and you say it's normal, then the pedophile can say it's not my fault i was it's born not, this way that's right i was born this way it is not my fault i should not be held accountable i can't choose i don't have free will hey i was i've said it over and over again i was born a heterosexual male if i acted out on every single impulse that i had that gone through my brain if i didn't regulate and suppress the more basest instincts in my head i'd be in jail and rightfully so. And I think every man in here can agree with that. If every man acted out on every instinct that went through his noggin, oh, yeah. they'd be in jail. I'd rule the world. You know, <laughs> you know, John Arthur, here's, here's the thing. That people who are child molesters, when they move, they're supposed to notify the authorities yes. of where they live. Now, if they don't, they're supposed to get in trouble. Mm -hmm. That doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's evading this their is privacy. How, this is how I know. Okay. My son used to was, and this is why he ended up moving. They used to live in a two-story house. He ended up finding out next door, and this is how he found out. Outside his daughter's window, he was seeing some lights. I was like, what in the heck is that? Because his daughter came out. Yeah. Says, Daddy, there's something. And, and I, this is my granddaughter. She was like five. Okay. He goes up and is looking and goes outside. And there is a. Uh, um, what is it? The little deals flying like you got What's drone. It? little drone stuck in the tree watching. that had been watching and got stuck in the tree. My son went out there, shot it out of the tree Good with man. a shotgun, oh. went down the street to a police officer that he knows. I know him personally myself told him what happened because he came outside he heard the shotgun go off told him what happened they found out that it belonged to the guy next door Ooh. okay mm -hmm. you know what the police did not Nothing. a thing hey brother steve i'm itching for a fight you know not only that he wasn't even registered and they did nothing to the guy yep. instantly Two days later, my son had they had their house up for sale. Good. Sold it and moved out less than two weeks later. There's there's supposed to be a website and a list with their locations and stuff oh, yeah. where they're where they're registered. And before they even yes. enter a neighborhood, they have to tell supposed to. They have to tell the HOA yeah. and residency nearby them. Supposed to. I am a pedophile, and they have to go through the whole spill. Supposed okay, to. Okay, so that That's gonna if be a sound that bite. becomes normal, then you are you are picking on them, and you're bringing them to shame, and that's no longer going to be acceptable. Well, you know right. why they don't send them to prison? They, murderers will whoop and kill a pedophile. Oh, yeah. yeah Some murder. how twisted most prisoners are, they do not like anyone messing with kids and, and, it's, that it's, and that's a base yeah. instinct that's something that everyone knows that there's a line that we do not cross that's because there is still a fragment of the judeo-christian worldview hanging in by a thread and that's that last thread you pull on that thread there's nothing left you pull on that thread there is nothing left the society will devolve the value for the human being the value for the human body 
We will value human beings no more than we value dogs. Therefore, why can't you have sex with a dog? You will value human beings no more than you, 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 you value dead meat sitting on the floor. Why not cannibalism? In you don't believe, you say, oh, that's a slippery slope. That's a slippery slope. Watch every major world-ruling civilization. What happened? Infidelity in the marriage was followed by homosexuality, then by pederasty, then by bestiality, then by homo, uh, by cannibalism, rather. Brian, can you plug that light in, please? Then there's necrophilia and so on and so on. Violating the body. Absolutely. I want to go to Josh. Wrapping up, because we are at the time where we have to wrap up. Josh, when we see the value of human beings going down, what does that say about the choices that we've made above us? Well, we've worshipped other gods. I mean, we see that issue prevalent. We talked about it today in our Sunday school class. We talked about King Solomon. One of the biggest issues with King Solomon was that he worshipped the gods of his wives. And the gods of his wives are detestable gods. Like it's pagan wives, by the way. And yes. they brought in all these other influences. So ultimately, it comes down to what you worship. And some of these people, most people that, are, that have committed these acts, they don't claim to know a god. Or if they do claim to know a god, it's 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 definitely more on the agnostic side and it's not a specific one, which at the end of the day means they're worshiping themselves. And I thought what you said about the self-actualization really, what does separate, like what is self-actualization at the end of the, at the end of the day? Basic instinct. Because there's no real objective measure for what somebody would classify as a self-actualization. Sure. We could make up metrics, but who's to say those metrics are better than other metrics. Because for some people, it's like what you said, most people in prison, they probably, those, like people who uh, fondle a child or people who. It's hard to say. <laughs> like th that could be their self actualization in their minds. Yes. And Therefore, so, it's not the highest order, is it? No. And so it's just, we got to be very careful about what we're, who, we have to make sure that we're worshiping Jesus. Amen. And we truly are worshiping Jesus. And that guy, and it's a stark reminder for us as Christians about our thought life and, and about where is our head at at all times. Absolutely. And so I, I want to close out the day with one last thing because we are at our time. We are at a time. It's okay, Ryan. <laughs> Ryan, drop something. <laughs> Just consider the possibility. And by the way, I, I was watching a newscaster. Uh, her name is Bev. She's over in the. UK. She said it really well. She said, imagine that we normalize this as we have the LGBT lifestyles. By the way, it's not the same. LGBT in theory is with a consenting individual. This is predatory. One is a harm against oneself. The other is a harm against someone who is incapable of consenting. But let's say that we normalize it. Take a six-year-old girl, and they will. You allow this filth to get into the world and a six-year-old girl is has an unwanted molestation who does she tell because if she can consent then she must it's now a he said she said it's no different than a dorm room one night stand that may or may not have been consented to now this little girl she's the villain because she's coming out against that poor marginalized group the pedophiles how can she possibly stand up and say, I was taken by this protected group? It's hard enough for little girls to come forward and say that they've been touched now. And little boys. Mm -hmm. It's extraordinarily hard. In fact, very few do. There is an incredible amount of, of harm and damage that happens because we do not disciple our children. We do not harden them. And then we do not protect them. Evil people will do evil things. If your child was taken, I'm not pointing a finger at you. I'm not. But what I am saying, the worst thing that you can do is give them another barrier to overcome when coming forward. Just a thought. If you like this podcast, like, comment, share, subscribe, and uh, you know, hit that notification bell. That way you know things are going on. I think YouTube is kind of 
suppressing our numbers a little bit. We were doing in the thousands, and now very few people see us. So make sure that you share. Sharing is caring. We love it. We've been getting the... No the uh, letters from YouTube saying that they don't really like our activity. That's okay. Uh, as long as we're on the platform, great. Rumble, we see you. 60-something subscribers as of right now. Whoop, whoop. Thank you, guys. Nice. Make sure that uh, you guys hit that Rumble button. Show us some love. And if you are part of our faithful listening audience, thank you for listening. And thank you for nearly 150,000 downloads. Thank you. Thank you. If you didn't like this podcast, smash that dislike button and some multiple of two. With that said, we love you. Bye-bye. My. Okay, okay, last thing. We're not going to do something on this topic because this is just way too dark. What, going around the room, what is your favorite animal to watch on an internet video? What is your favorite animal to watch on an internet video? Clint. What? What is your favorite kitten, dog, you know, mm, sea lion? What is no your catch. favorite animal to watch on an internet video? Man, mine has to be cats because cats are just dumb. They are hilarious. Sneaky. No. Dogs. Dogs. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be funny, but penguins are absolutely funny. They are funny. <laughs> I like watching deer and bears. Oh Man. well, that's a different thing. <laughs> I do not like watching cats. <laughs> stupid, stupid stuff. They're good I, for a laugh. God no. They're great for a laugh. Nah. Nah. I'm big into the uh I like the orangutan. The orangutan. Yeah. But orangutan? I also, uh, orangutan. But, but the, uh, but there was another thing I also liked. Though. Oh, otters. Otters. Otters <laughs> are hilarious. Although some of the silly best video on YouTube, it delivers. Horse, horse kicks tree, farts on dogs, and then runs. Yes. That is one of the funniest. <laughs> that is one it of delivers the exactly what yeah. you expect. It was not clickbait. It was one of the, and the dogs are mad. They're chasing after that horse like, what did you just do? But the, that's the horse was totally that's trolling them. With that said, tell us in the comment section what your favorite uh, stupid animal video is. With that said, we love you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.